Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Saladcast. Myself, Ollie and Glyn, as, as normal. How are you doing, Glyn? I'm okay. It's been a very interesting week, hasn't it, Ollie, for Shrewsbury Town? It has. You'd say it's been a week of two halves. <laughs> yeah, like a game of two halves. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a yeah. week of two halves. One uh, very dull game and one interesting game for very different reasons than we might have been expecting on Saturday. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack this week, Ollie. Yeah, and, and uh, four points um, for Shrewsbury, so... While it's very frustrating, um, kind of the the ticket, the the tickets, um, the rickets um, <laughs> team keeps ticking along and still yeah. keep picking up points. So while at times we can be very frustrated about the performances, I think it's worth being fair to say that, you know that we're we're getting the points and we're you know we're we're you know kind of. Yeah, we're in, a, we're in a fairly decent position from a league perspective. Yeah, we've gone back up to 12, haven't we? So it's not, I mean, even though we beat Sunderland, yeah. it's fantastic. We haven't gone shooting up the table too far and, and we're still mid-table, which is what most people were kind of expecting, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a there's an argument. We're mid-table, but catching up the playoffs yes. and we're further, further to the playoffs now than we are to the relegation zone. But yeah, we're yeah. mid-table. Yeah, and, and I think there's, there's, a, there's an argument this week for the discussion of the historical context of the Sunderland game and, and quite why you can be a bit happier about that than you might have been about a game where... You you know, we we didn't have much of the ball, but we won. So it's, it's an interesting discussion on that game to have. So I think, yeah, there's, there's a, as I say, it's, we're gonna have to talk about Gillingham first, unfortunately, Ollie. So I think let's just get on with that one. Don't worry, Glenn. The the, um, the agenda's not too big on Gillingham. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move on to that. Lynch shoots. There it is. Let go. Tommy Lynch has scored for Shrewsbury. So the first game this week was Shrewsbury Town 1, Gillingham 1, uh, with a goal uh, on 43 minutes penalty from O'Keefe, and Shrewsbury getting back in the game on 64 minutes with Beckles, but that was as much as we were going to get out of the game in front of 5,076 fans. Um, didn't quite fall below 4,000, Ollie, but not, not the best Tuesday night crowd. It's been low, two Tuesday night crowds this week we've had, uh, this year so far we've had, have been lower than last year, which is an interesting comparison. I'm sure we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one, but yeah, go on, what about the stats for this one, Ollie, before we get into it? Yeah, so coming into the game, it's only one defeat and seven for Shrewsbury. So that's a good record to go into. Yeah. Um, and also, interestingly, it was the first league start for Adoy um, going into this game. So nice landmark for him, um, who started up front with Cummings. Um, and then the rest of the team um, was pretty much um, standard. Mm. Uh, it's been through October. So O'Leary, Williams, Pierre, Beckles, Love, Goss, Giles, Laurent, and Norburn um, with Cummings and Adoy up front, who I've just said. So yeah, um, interesting to see um, Adoy come into the starting lineup. There was a few questions, wasn't there, about who was going to start in this game? Yeah, and I, I think that he's been knocking on the door, to be fair. And, and in his little cameos he's had, he's done pretty well. He's got a couple of goals now, hasn't he? I think maybe he got the one at Accrington, didn't he? I think maybe did he get one in the cup? I can't quite remember now. But um, yeah, he's, he's obviously got a bit of talent. And um, I wasn't too fussed whether it was going to be him or Faye, to be honest with you, starting this one. They both bring a bit of pace and a bit of physicality, don't they? So um, it was good to see him get a chance, really. But um, yeah, he didn't quite take it as much as I would have liked to have seen but I think we'll get on to the discussion about quite why that was in terms of how we played the game but um, I, I think it was fair enough for him to start personally and I, I was looking forward to seeing Cummings again as well um, as I think everybody is at the moment Yeah he's definitely getting um, closer to Matt for much of it this is Correct. Yep. Um, we saw a little bit of his pace on against Sunderland so that was good to see and the back line picks itself, Ollie, as you keep saying. Yeah, exactly. So so good, those guys. Fair play to them. Yeah, so interestingly, watching the um, extended highlights, so I went, we both went to this game. We um, did. Watching the extended highlights back just to kind of help do the agenda. <laughs> um, and I, um, I, I, wrote, I made two notes on my phone. Or sometimes I make notes during the game. And I know you kind of do that through, through Twitter. Yeah. And the first comment I have, Glenn, is terrible first 15 minutes. Um, yeah, passes going astray and long balls to Adoy and Cummings, which is... Not essentially a a tactic's really going to work 
um, you know, <laughs> lumping the ball forward to two strikers that, you know, they're not even potentially average height, really, are they, no, for, no. For, for against League One defenders? Um, and they weren't winning anything. And I think it's fair to say that the first half was pretty poor. The first 15 minutes are terrible. And the first highlight that came on the extended highlights was the, the, the chance um, that Laurent created for a good run. Um, with a one-two of a doy on the twenty-fourth minute, yeah, yeah, um, and I think it's fair to say that this was a very poor start to the game in a game that was very poor overall. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we talked last week about the dull tag, didn't we? About how poor it's been to watch Shrewsbury Town, and you know, you might have felt like that criticism was stinging in Ricketts' ears a little bit over the over the approach to this game. Clearly not, though. That that first twenty minutes was really poor, really dull to watch again, and and didn't dismiss any of the the myths about this team that we were starting to sort of talk about with Phil last week on the podcast so um, I remember sitting there and looking up at the clock you know 20 minutes in thinking I mean that's gone that that 20 minutes is gone but what's what actually happened you know there was no real saves during that period there was a very low quality of play to be honest with you I don't think Gillingham were very good across the whole game to be honest with you I mean they covered a little bit of a threat I suppose and, and, and all in all it was just it was just that sinking feeling of thinking, oh God, it's another one of these games, isn't it? Yeah, it was It was pretty <laughs> dire, um, pretty dire performance overall. Um, I guess probably the only highlight from a town perspective left for the half was the bursting run from Laurent, um, who gave um, Cummings a chance to shoot and it was a decent save from the keeper. I think it's worth mentioning that whenever we did counter-attack, all the players kind of played with some ingenuity. Mm. They did actually kind of fashion some chances or have something useful. Um, but when we were set up in the three five two and yeah, playing to, of clearly to instruction. Yep. Um it was really, really working pretty poorly he wasn't working <laughs> that's all. fair to say I mean yeah well, and what you know we've talked about it again last week but we did you know when we got in that defensive shape we just got almost everybody behind the ball and, and it makes it so difficult for us to spring and yeah Laurent did make a couple of good runs and I think that funnily enough Laurent's standing out across the two games at the moment because he's been probably one of the very few midfielders to actually make an attacking run but <laughs> reality he should be doing that anyway so um, I'm not sure how much credit I'm willing to give him for that because it, it is essentially the one outlet we had I suppose but I, I, don't, I don't know it, it, I, I just think we're still too set up too too negatively when we defend and don't take any risks whatsoever. And, and it was clear that Gillingham had probably got an idea that we were going to do that. And when they did kind of attack us, and there was a couple of times they had half decent chances, I think, as the game progressed um, past the 24th minute, um, that they, they'd figured that they, they were maybe a little bit more risky than us, but not hugely themselves either. They were a proper Steve Evans team, I think. Yeah, they were quite dogged. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, they kind of came fair. for a draw. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, they don't, look, they don't look like a particularly good side, lower bottom half side, certainly, um, from what we saw from that game. And um, yeah, kind of, I guess the, the final kind of comment really to talk about the first half was a chance um, for, for, for Gillingham, yep. well defended by Pierre. Then, he, then there was a corner. The corner was cleared. You have to describe it as naivety from Giles. Yeah, it's poor. Um, the ball basically comes over his head. He tries to basically, you know, like, you know, capture the ball, um, kind of cushion it down. But he's in the penalty box. He's not looking where he is. No. And he kung fu kicks a Gillingham player in the chest. <laughs> um, he could have been sent off for dangerous play. It it's reminds me a little yeah. bit of that nanny red card happened yeah. in Champions League quite yeah, a few years that. ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a penalty for Gillingham. 
Um, and yeah, the, the penalty taker makes um, O'Leary go the wrong way. Um, so yeah, what did you make of that, that Ugh, bit of play? Poor. I mean, yeah, he, he does you know, almost break him in half, doesn't he, to be honest with you? And even if he didn't actually catch him as nasty as it looks on the replay, just hanging your foot up there with a player running into the ball, it just gives the referee no question about the penalty whatsoever. And I, yeah, I thought it was a stonewall penalty and, and we, we were falling behind to what, what had been a pretty poor Gilliam team so far. So yeah, I mean, Max didn't get anywhere near the penalty, he went completely the wrong way, which wasn't ideal. Um, and yeah, we were suddenly we were down and thinking oh god how are we going to get ourselves out of this with a lack of goals we score and to be honest with you I didn't think after they scored we had even much of a reaction to be honest with you normally some of the times we've fallen behind in games and, and played a little bit well for that next five minutes you know kind of we've been stung a little bit but I noticed as soon as the, the game kicked off again we, we were fine to be passing it around slowly at the back and then being ponderous in midfield again there was no real impetus to get forward still quickly because you know we, we as we saw across this game it was really difficult for us to do that at times and um, I think that just basically the rest of the half kind of frittered away for me really and and they were booed off by a fair few people at half time only and did, did you think that was fair I thought it was fair yeah I thought it was yeah, fair I think yeah. this whole game overall was one of the worst games of football I've seen for a while <laughs> saying something this season now <laughs> with the, nil, with the nil nils it was at least, at least when I watched the Gillingham game, game sorry Gillingham game the Lincoln game um, I was a little bit drunk, but the um, this was <laughs> this was dire, utterly dire. Um, and yeah, fortunately, the first half ended because <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't very it wasn't very entertaining. Were you were you, were you worried at halftime? I was just bored, stiff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just. He hoped that something was going to happen, but mm, it's tricky. Though, did you it? think anything was going to change in the second I, half? I, my, I, think, I remember saying to my brother next to me, thinking, you know, all right, we've not been great there, and, and we're one nil down to a, a bang average League One team, pretty similar to us, but they weren't great. You know what I mean? You, you, you felt like we'd at least get a couple of chances, and you felt like there's been a few games where Ricketts has decided to throw on different substitution, like at Accrington, where he's done something that's you know got a change in the game. And um, to be fair, we'll come to his subs. They did make a bit of an impact on this game, I think, but. Um, uh, you were just pinning your hopes on that, really. That was all I was thinking at halftime. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting anything, anything more. <laughs> That's one of the frustrations I have with this team um, at the moment. Um, yeah, for me, Tuesday night was quite a low point in the season. Um, after I've been quite fair and quite maybe yeah, conservative in terms of yeah sharing an opinion and you know saying this is a team in progress. Um, but for me, if that was a gentle upward curve we're having, this was a massive drop. Yeah. Um, as we'll come to, as the, even as you know, it took us even fifteen, twenty minutes. Really, it was the chance, um, the chance and change when Wally came on on fifty nine minutes. Yep. Yep. Um, when he came in and played in the number ten role, that for me changed the game up up to for, so for sixty minutes effectively, um, we were absolute dross. <laughs> yeah, we were to be honest with you. And and we've, how many times have we seen that this season when Wally's come off the bench and his, his drive has been the thing to kind of get us going again? But before before he came on, really, there was. Um, a chance for Gillingham early on in that half as well where I thought they could have gone two up I think Marshall it was from from them forced to save out of O'Leary where he saved it with his feet and I mean if we'd gone 2-0 down that would have been game over I couldn't see us getting anything out of it Um, so it wasn't like you know they didn't have a couple of chances in that period before Wally came on but yeah fair play to Wally his drive is is massive for us at the moment isn't it and he's got something none of the other players seem to have not or, or at least regularly which is an ability or the confidence maybe to run at a player and see if he can beat him and that's something we're vastly lacking in this team yeah and that's the that's the kind of almost the point I made at the tournament we about the first half mm. is when Lauren does something, you know, a little bit spontaneous, a little bit creative, a little bit out of the the kind of structure that we play in rigidly, rigidly. You know, if this was <laughs> you know, football manager bars in terms of rigidity, you know, in terms of rigid <laughs> versus fluid, we were well in the kind of rigid sector. Um, and then, yeah, Will Wally came in with a bit of a free roll. 
and he was picking the ball up from defenders. He was, you know, running all over the the pitch, mm. um, and he he enabled us to start kind of having a bit bit more impetus going forward. Yep. Um, yep. I think you could say the same for Dave Edwards as well, Ollie. Is one yeah, thing I'd say. I, he came... I was nearly said the same. Yeah. Nearly said that, but I thought I'd let you speak. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, they seemed to both come on with the same attitude, didn't they? I mean, Edwards came on a little bit later, but again, unlike the rest of the midfield, particularly Norbert and Goss, who quite honestly were, were, were appalling in terms of the attack and transitional play. I mean, Goss can ping those long balls all day if he wants to, but he just won't cross the halfway line half the time now. And Norburn still, in these games, doesn't offer enough for me in terms of his attacking ability as well. So when Edwards came on, he actually was making forward runs, and we'll come to some of the chances he had later on, but he got those by being brave and getting forward and, and having having the uh, the balls, really, to kind of get in, in the box, really, when he must have... he must have been Is he being given a different instruction to the midfielders who were on there? I don't know. I suppose we were chasing the game at that point, so... It's a little bit different, but we did eventually get back into it, didn't we, Ollie? Which is good. Yeah, we did. So um, um, Giles wins a corner. Um, The attack was recycled by Giles to Goss. So Goss is on the left-hand flank. Puts a really, really nice ball into the box who finds Beckles, um, who scores. Um, And at that moment in time when he scored, he made him our (laughs) joint top goal scorer, which is, again, really poor. Like, no no offence to Beckles. He's a central defender. And, yeah, for him to be our top goal scorer um, after this number of games, it, um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, just shows how poor we've been in the the final third. You've got to give Omar credit, though. What a finish. I mean, Oh, yeah, definitely. It was a fantastic finish. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like I needed to no, give no, you no. too many praises. I knew you wouldn't come in. <laughs> oh, you know I love Omar. I mean, yeah, I mean, good good cross by Goss. I mean, it shows when he gets up there, he's got some delivery. The only times we're ever seeing that delivery is when he's taking set pieces at the moment or like when something gets recycled like that. If he could get forward and be one of the ones to be putting balls in from 20, 25 yards out, you might find that he's someone that can create set sort of chances from um, crosses and balls into the box, but he's not getting forward enough, unfortunately. But yeah, it was, it was a really good cross. And to be fair to Beckles, it was a well casual finish, just yep. sort of popped it down bottom, bottom left hand corner keeper had no chance and uh yeah he's, defending he's, though i'd have to say yeah they weren't close to him were they to be fair no. i mean we'd recycled it well and they they lost their men if you look at the replay it wasn't just omar that was free a few of our lads had got free so all it needed was that right ball pick out one of the free men and, and you'd think we'd have a good chance of scoring and yeah it, it was good and you, you, you know that I, I, to be fair that was a change in the game i think from beckles's goal which wasn't too long after wally came on we definitely got on top in that end period and we did try to create a few more chances and play more on the front foot with dave edwards and, and we're probably unlucky not to win it as it went forward weren't we so the end of the game I always do a review yeah bizarrely you know we actually had two chances to win this game yeah. um, which is really bizarre considering how poor we played how defensive we were um, how turgid we were going with, with in possession you know Davis Dangerous Dave headers over from a really good cross from Wally on the yep. right flank great um, and then Love puts a really nice cross in for Akonabiri who just goes wide um, and yeah you know if we were taking one of those chances obviously the game would have ended 2-1 and yeah, again, what the um, the result obviously then would have changed and kind of people's opinion, particularly those opinions, opinion of people who weren't there yeah. um, would have changed. Um, but I still think those who were there still would have been quite irked by what they'd just watched. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we've... Have we we've we've not really played brilliantly attacking still in the two games this week, but we've got four points out of it, which I suppose is a positive. But that's back to the defence, isn't it? But going back to those chances, Edwards' one was a bloody sitter, really. If you if you look back at it on the replay and on, honestly on the night, how many times did we see him do that for Wolves? Even for us, when he was young, he scored a couple of goals out for I think I can remember down the game Meadow just arriving late in the box, and it just he didn't catch his head right at all, and it ended up going quite a way wide. And actually, we've talked about our clinical failures. His chance was bloody good as well. To put that wide was a bit disappointing. So. So I think both of them would be disappointed with those finishes, Ollie. Really? Yeah, it is. I, I, yeah, Dave. Dave's chance he should have taken. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's interesting though that you say this that 
you know, in the course of the game, obviously Adoy started in the Ennead. Um, he got injured and went off. You did, really, but our yeah. strikers, Cummings, Adoy, and Okinabiri only had one shot each all game. <laughs> God. And, and this is almost to link it back to what I said when I went on the Roka report um, in midweek. And, you know, they were saying, you know, you think, you know, you're going to score or whatever, you know, what's your strength? I say, well, our strength is our defence, which was shown again on Saturday. Okay, yeah. But we just don't create chances for our strikers to score. No. And uh, maybe we'll come on to a bit of analysis about how we play and kind of a bit of our frustration. But, yeah, I think it's fair to say that, you know, if town fans were not happy and, again, there was more booze at full-time. There was. I didn't think the booze were quite as big at full-time as we were at half-time because I think they'd been a bit more of a performance in that second half. And so it, it stopped it from being... Um, you know, the toxic things you can have sometimes but it was noticeable that there wasn't really booing on the final whistle but when Ricketts came to block clap block 19 he got a bit, booing, bit of booing off them to be honest with you which has been a little bit more of a regular thing than I would have expected recently but as we've discussed in this podcast all the time there are some people for who Ricketts is not their cup of tea and you know despite the, how the results are going they're getting bored and frustrated so maybe Saturday would have done him a favour with those people but it'll be a case of how the next few results go I think but for, for me I'm not sure he deserved to get booed he made some pretty good subs in the second half to try and get us going you know we can lament how he sets us up, but really he was he was part of the reason we got back in the game and a point was was poor really in the context of the whole overall situation we we're in this season. It's a game where weirdly, unlike Sunderland, this was a game where I was expecting us to show something and, and and kick us on to that next level. And so I didn't see it. So my, my overall feeling from Tuesday onwards was one a bit a bit of disappointment, really. Massive disappointment. Yep. Yeah, well, I was, did so the game was just so dire to watch, <laughs> so boring. I don't think you can like get away from how how, bore, how bad it was. Wasn't great. And it's just like structurally, there's just the way that Ricketts is. So yeah, you've got to give Ricketts praise for making those changes. Yep. But like when our central defenders have the ball, I did a couple of um, screen prints of the broad of the game and put them on Twitter and had yeah, a bit of that. a discussion. And there's times when the central defenders have got the ball and no one wants it. There was one example where I shared where Beckles had to do a, a 40 metre pass to Cummings, who was then being tracked. Yeah. Like, Gost never get, comes to get the ball, which is clearly must be an instruction. Norma never comes to get the ball. Laurent never comes to get the ball. Nope. So that means that then, then the um, central defenders have to play what I would call a long pass to either midfielder or to. The wing backs. Um, yeah. Well, even the wing backs are never an outlet because no. people just mark them with their wingers. Um, and they're they're never not often that close either. And where the whole team is, when we say one of our central defenders have the ball, the whole team is so spread out that even when someone gets the ball, there's not an option. And I, there's just something. There just seems to me something fundamentally wrong about this way the team structure. I don't know whether it, we're too organised in attack, but well, there's something just not work. To me, this, this I agree. To me, this game proved that something wasn't really working. And as as we found out about Sunderland, Ricketts obviously went and changed the formation to inco- incorporate two of our more attacking players and we looked a bit better on the break alright we still did a lot of defending in Sunderland as we'll come to but he obviously identified that that Gillingham game was a bit of a key indication that that what they're trying to do is not quite working and I think anyone that was there that night would 100% agree what you just said Ollie it isn't so I, I, you know I think he's starting to get the message, maybe, and I think it'll be interesting to see how we play over the next few weeks. Considering we 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 probably had a better result on Saturday and playing a slightly different formation than against Tuesday against Gillingham. So I think the proof is in the pudding, really, now about whether he is going to be flexible enough to slightly change it, or we're going to go back to what we were doing in this Gillingham game. And and I think people are going to get frustrated again. But I, I agree, it's hard not to say something isn't working when you've scored so little among our goals this season. Yeah, it's 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 very odd. Like again, for me, it kind of shows we are still work in progress. Mm. Um, but. Again, Again, when 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 can I when when is it going to the point where you're going to turn around and say, Ollie, you can't keep saying that because 
you know, that's where was where my head was on Tuesday. You know, we played the same team. We keep talking about the lineup, and we keep talking about the same team. Yeah, um, we're talking about a matter of weeks now um, since the tran- uh, the January the January sorry the summer transfer windows closed. Yep. So those kind of excuses are starting to wear a little bit thin. Um, yes, it takes time to build a team, but yeah, it just we just seem so um, like just misjointed um, and awkward when we try to try to get possession if teams sit back on us like the teams like Lincoln did when they got the ball and sorry when we have the ball Gillingham did it against us MK Don did it against us mm. um, we really really struggle and I don't know yeah it's just it's something that definitely needs to be worked on stuck in transition in more than one way as a team and you know as a team when we're playing the actual games we just seem to get stuck when we're trying to transition from attack to defence so yeah it, it's definitely something but it's just so weird out. why is yeah. Goss not getting the ball off the centre if we're going to play a defence midfielder a pivot in front of a back three which well, is really did defensive last week. sorry last season all the time didn't he he was always yeah, but, getting the ball but we, but we weren't playing yeah but he couldn't thing, yeah. distribute it so if he could do it why yeah, Goss but, has obviously got a way better technical ability to distribute the ball why can't he just go and get it but He's not being clearly not being instructed to yeah, do it because weird. otherwise he would. Um, so it's something that something to keep an eye on. I'm going to ask you a quick question now, going a bit a bit aside away from tactics again now. But what what's gone on with Giles? Like he's really gone off the boil the last few weeks, and I really was disappointed with him, particularly against Gillingham, particularly in that last 20, 30, 25 minutes where he he seemed absolutely knackered. Do you think that we've just played a young lad week in week out without a break, and we're starting to see him fray around the edges a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I mm. think we've just played him quite Shame, a few games it? now, and now he's got to the point where he's a little bit tired. I think also um, teams target him. Yeah, um, as defensively. Um, Love is obviously a very strong um, fullback playing in wing back position. Um, I think the way he gave the penalty away kind of shows that he's not, a, mm. you know, someone who's been playing defence as a natural defender wouldn't make that kind of no. um, action in the no. in the in the penalty box. Um, so I think teams, you know, we saw Fleetwood do it, target our left, um, and I think teams target the area, um, which means yeah. that. Um, they teams find it. Um, yeah, he's going to get under a bit of pressure, but he. But in the def- his defence, you know, he's a, he's a good, decent player. Um, he and is I think good, he's just yeah. played a lot of games now, and I think he's probably needed a break. And maybe maybe his body's created its own break um, in terms of obviously he didn't start on Saturday. Yeah, I think the, the the lack of cover really for for most of the season for for Love and Giles was going to hit us at some point wasn't it do you know what I mean and it's probably coming into November now where you know it was going to hit us at some point it's good to see Goldborn obviously play against Sunderland and we'll get to that and it gives us a slight different option for Giles but Love's still not got any cover really and if he was to f- sort of go through a similar downturn in form I don't quite know what we do we'd probably put Wally back there for all we know but yeah it's, it's interesting I just thought it was worth mentioning because yeah. he's, he's definitely gone a little bit downhill in the last few weeks and I don't I don't want to see it I want him to see him get back to his best and you know it's, it's not helped him going away with England twice I really I suppose he's been fatigued from, from having to get involved in training sessions when others have been relaxing I suppose so yeah. he, he has been run hard this season and I'm glad he's getting a break now oh well he's injured yeah. we'll come to that um, yeah. let's, let's look on some positives Ollie in terms of the top threes then because um, I have to say I thought Max O'Leary is exceptional he was my man of the match again I mean he, 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 he didn't have much to do with the goal but he had a few chances where he did make a good save once again he's coming out and claiming balls from some of the crosses you know, and we're putting him were fantastic and I just think again with that defence in front of him he's, he's a real good uh, player at the back so yeah but for Max O'Leary man of the match Wally because of his impact off the bench as we discussed in, in the discussion there, Ollie. And I went for Beckles. I, I thought he was all right at the back, to be honest with you. And I thought he took his goal well. So that was my top three. Yeah, it was pretty hard to choose the top three from this game, easy. to be honest. Yeah. Um, I went for Worley because of his impact, O'Leary because of the saves. And then I was really struggling and went to Edwards because <laughs> I thought he made an impact. He did, I think, yeah. Yeah, a lot of players, you know, management and players, you know, must have, uh, yeah, had to have a bit of a look at themselves after that game. So, I was- and I, 
obviously Wally and Edwards started the next game and I think they you know yeah. it's fair to say they both did enough to, to warrant at least getting considered to start against Sunderland so it's good that it's, Ricketts had paid attention to what had happened at the end of that game and, and how much better we looked with them on the field so yeah that was good at least yeah and I guess one of the things I will say you know Ricketts does have the ability to change games so we've been quite critical of him in this podcast so far yep. about how poor we were against Gillingham but in his credit he does have that tactical ability and that nice and that, that bravery to make changes um, in the games um, that make him make an impact so yeah. have to give have to, where, where we criticise you also have to give credit as well and the um, fact and we're not conceding many you know you, you no, have exactly. sorted the defence out as well you have to exactly. give credit for that if you yeah. think we weren't scoring goals and we were conceding loads then we'd be exactly. you know, in, well, in, in a relegation mire, but we're not we're 12th <laughs> exactly. um, only a few points off the playoff so have to give him credit for that it's just not very enjoyable um, to watch and in Ricketts defence again he was very honest in his post-match review um, okay he, he said he said it was two points lost we were really poor first half, really poor. And one thing, we were waiting for things to happen and we were waiting for someone else to make it happen, which I thought was a really interesting comment. Mm. Um, and I, that's something that I thought was when I was watching the game as well. He said, you know, we said, you know, we got a reaction second half, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, that took too long, didn't it? It uh, did, yeah. yeah. Uh, and even so, he said second half, we weren't, we only went up to 85%. Yeah, so he clearly wasn't that. happy with the performance of the team. Um, disappointing, really. We were too passive and slow. So, yeah, he wasn't... Um, particularly pleased um, like the fans were with what we what he saw that's yeah, a fair, he's made a complete fair comment at that game and it does show that we weren't being overly negative he wasn't happy with it i imagine the players weren't happy with it no, no you know the chairman probably wasn't happy with it we've got to be better than that at home we've got to show our fans more if we want to keep people coming in and paying through the gate every week so um because yeah. it will have an impact won't it on, yep. on attendance as an income i think it does this, this this boring and we could do that this season because we've already lost one home game with Bolton uh, with Barry, haven't we? Which is a bit of a hit to your finances. So you you know want to keep the crowds up. Um, obviously Sunderland was a bit different, but even that Sunderland crowd was way down on when we last played them at home last season. So we'll come to that. Um, but yeah, that that was it really. And I suppose as I say, it was the rest of that week really was one of disappointment. Thinking, oh, well, we've spurned a good chance there, and now we're heading into what we described last week as a really tricky run of games, Ollie. Starting with a, a home game to Sunderland, which is you know one of the more, more difficult home games. And I think you know with our predictions last week, we were probably fearing the worst weren't we? But um, well, it wasn't to be Ollie, so we'll, we'll move on to the Sunderland game. And they drew 2-2 at Millmore only a few days ago, but here comes Shrewsbury now with Stevens. Great chance! Must jolly be a goal for Taylor! Shrewsbury are back in it! So, Shrewsbury Town won Sunderland nil. Fantastic result for Shrewsbury Super. Town. Um, yeah, our first victory over Sunderland in the league. And we've played them um, 12 times now. There's eight wins for Sunderland, three draws, and now one win for Salop. Fantastic. Yep. Um, and now we're actually... Um, we're actually now undefeated in nine games. So how does that happen? Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Obviously, we've had a lot of draws, quite a few draws, and also a couple of wins as well. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's it's, a it's, lot. It's, we're building a bit of momentum in that sense. That's supposed to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go and check how long it's been since we didn't lose nine games in a row in all competitions because I suspect it'll be quite a, a while back. I suspect back to the Hurst days, really. But yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, I just talked about it. it was eight thousand one hundred there, wasn't there? So it's about six thousand town fans. It was a good atmosphere, Ollie. Um, even though there was only you know, it was a few shy of a, of a full house, but I say you, you didn't quite make this one, did no. you? So um, yeah, it's probably worth, worth me for reflecting on that. I took my kids into the family stand with um, one of their friends this week for a first ever game, and I just wanted to give the club some credit, really, because one of the things they've started doing this season is if you take a, a child to a, their first ever game of football or their first Shrewsbury Town game, um, the club now will produce a little certificate signed by Lenny and signed by Sam Ricketts, and has the date of the match and who we were playing, and then you get this little certificate, which I thought was nice. So the little little girl we took with us this week has got a, a first 
first game certificate and um, she said I'm going to go and put it on the wall when she gets home which was really it's nice, nice so, touch yeah I thought yeah, it's, it's cheeky that is a little bit of little, little, little bit of marketing inside great. their house now fantastic and it's exactly what they should be doing so I wanted to make people aware of that really because I'm not too sure how wide that's got and I'd to be honest with you that. no and to be honest with you I cheekily said can my kids have one even though this is their 45th game <laughs> and, <laughs> and they did one for my two as well which is nice so yeah if you've got kids who've gone to football or it's their first game or even if they've been to a few no, you can good. get this little certificate as a sort of me- to prove their, their town fans really so I bumped into Brian outside the stadium and was, was talking to him about it just before the start of the game and saying how fantastic I thought it was and then as we went in there I've not really done the family stand for a while they've started handing out these um, sort of bingo sheets for kids with sort of uh, quizzes and stuff on the back and a free pencil as well and, and just little things like that make a big difference to me in terms yeah. of keeping it's the kids entertained it's a lot of competition now isn't there for yeah. entertainment you know and so fair play to the club for doing those extra little bits cause, it's great yeah it just yeah because yeah you know that, that will have an impact you remember when last, um, last week Phil Phil was talking about um and his memories of going to the town and obviously that will stick probably most likely stick with those kids yeah it will and the other good thing is the kids got invited well we got free tickets through um, the, the school they go to just down the road here and um, a half time they went on and they presented uh, a sort of certificate to the school as well and the kids got to stand on the pitch just by the side where Ryan was doing the PA stuff and things like that again stick with them and you could just see you know taking pictures of them when they were doing it you know there was 10-15 kids there smiles on their faces and it's just you know even if we had a one it would have been a good day actually we, we, we enjoyed it and, and the football club did the best for these kids to be honest with you so I was I was quite enthused and, and the result made me even more enthused Ollie so it was a good day all in all yeah it was good so I, I listened driving up to Yorkshire um, half term so I'm away so yeah I missed I've missed a bit like um, Tom Griff I've missed both the Pompey victory and the Sunderland victory stay away Ollie th- that's the way sometimes it goes it so, does um, it does that's just the way it goes sometimes so in terms of um, interesting one actually so um, the yeah, referee definitely. Jared um, Gillett is actually Australian so he refereed in the Australian A-League and now he's um, over in England so I don't know whether this is like a, an ambition for him or he's been worked to make, make his way to kind of get the big bucks as a referee in the Premier League but he's also refed a few championship games and I thought I've watched his whole game back um, I thought he was seen like a pretty good ref yeah I didn't really notice him to be honest with you so I can't, he can't have done a good or a bad job really I mean well, he, he probably did a good job he kept the game flowing didn't he I suppose from, from watching it but um, I have nothing to say about the referee he didn't really stand out there was no co- controversial moments I can so really I guess remember that, says he's a, that means he's had a really good game then, exactly yeah I think that's my my yardstick if a ref doesn't stand out they've probably done a decent enough job so um, he didn't even book Max O'Leary for time wasting from what I can remember so <laughs> that's that's something for him to be said there um, which which I think Max was a little bit towards the end so yeah I thought he was decent it's, it's interesting I wasn't aware he's Australian or if he'd come over from there but I guess it's you know free world isn't it it's, if you can get a visa and come and work somewhere I suppose there's no reason why you can't get a job um, so yeah I'll have to keep an eye on him I wasn't aware of that but I, I thought you were going to say the interesting thing Ollie was the team selection because to me God, that was it. Was it was interesting what he'd slightly tweaked tweaked in this team? Yeah, I was a little bit, little bit cheeky midweek. Um, we were talking about what team, and I basically put the yeah, the same kind of lineup we've had, and people were discussing. You know, maybe we'll play with a number ten, and I was saying, well, you know, I expect us to play with a number ten. Yeah, um, you know, we're playing three central defenders. Um, but yeah, I was then joking that we might play with three defence midfielders. Um, but um, <laughs> fair play to to, um, to Sam Ricketts. He, he changed it up, and yeah, how did we play on Saturday, Glenn? We. we... <laughs> Overall, we defended really well as usual. You know, it, it wasn't vastly different to a lot of the games we've had this season. And you've got to give the, the town credit. They, they withstood a lot of pressure. But just having Wally and Edwards, who are a bit more front foot football players, playing as, as two players off Cummings most of the time. How and you describe then, them then? Maybe as two number 10s? They were two number 10s, but they definitely sat in deep when we didn't have the ball, Ollie, and, and used their wisdom, their experience to take up good positions to block off channels for Sunderland and make it difficult for them to play around us. But because they had a bit more legs, they've not played too many games this season, they 
they were good at also getting out as well. And just just having those uh, to, to having those two on did make us a little bit more dangerous when we were attacking. And it, and it also introduced you know Love and Goldborn at times into the game a little bit more than they have done in recent weeks as well. And um, I wouldn't say we were brilliant going forward, Ollie, and and we weren't a free flowing attacking team. But there were signs of it looking a little bit better. And I hope yeah. my personal view is that we play this. You know what? What you want to call it? Is it is three, it, four, three, or whatever? Yeah. yeah, we'll stick with that for a moment. I, I'd like to see him give that a go. I don't necessarily. You get you Wally to... in the team, don't you? Exactly. And then you get him to play potentially. Exactly. So he started. So um, so Goldburn came in for for Giles. Yeah. Um, and no one and they, the club said at the time he had a knock, um, but we'll come to that later. Yeah. Um, so we had the same central defenders. Um, as the Gillingham game, Love, right wing back, who obviously had something to prove. Um, Laurent and Norburn as two <laughs> central fielders with Edwards and Worley behind Cummings. Yep. Um, but I think it's quite interesting. Like Edwards and Worley swapped position after a bit. So first Worley started on the right and then they swapped over onto the left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you say, they did sit quite deep. But then at the same time, they would push forward and Worley would... And that's where, for me, it's quite interesting that this formation allows you to do a few more tweaks. Yep. So Worley was playing up front a bit more, wasn't he, in the second half yeah, than where he bit. was in the... So, yeah, I thought, and I thought... And I think, for me, having Edwards on, and Goldburn on the pitch made a big difference. You know, and there's that tweet in midweek um, that the team playing for, playing against Gillingham was the average age of about 23. Yeah. And quite a few of them had even played 50 games, which includes... Um, like Edwards, um, uh, sorry, not Edwards, sorry, includes um, Love, includes Goss, you know, we've Williams. got quite a few players, Williams yeah. as well, yeah, who haven't played a lot of games. So, um, so yeah, I thought Goldburn and Edwards had quite a big difference to the performance, the, a bit their, of maturity on the pitch. The, their experience was massive in a game like that where you... You know, we've been disciplined all season, Ollie, haven't we? And that's one thing you can give the defence credit for. And even the midfielders, if they're even asked to do that disciplined job, they've been doing it and they've been keeping the ball out of the net. But this was a whole other level of discipline. This was discipline and grit. Do you know what I mean? It was it was determination to the nth degree to prove something against a team. And and I think that the way we played most of the game was because we scored an early goal and we actually had something to defend. And and I'll come through it, but they, I, I thought, honestly, in terms of the defensive play, we were pretty exceptional. I know that we'll talk about posts and, and stuff and bits and pieces where they should have scored, but in reality, they had so much pressure that they were going to create some chances, but there was most of the rest of the chance, pressure they had, we, we did well to defend. So I, I'm, I'm going off the attacks a little bit. I want to see you stick with this for a little while. I think that playing Wally and Edwards in that role you've just described is good because you can also play Thompson and Laurent in that more advanced position if you want to bring Goss back in at some point. So I think it gives you more positions to play the, the sort of midfielders that we've got yeah. here. Um, so I want to see him give it a go and I want to see him give it a go against some of the weaker teams, but we're going to have to wait a few weeks for that, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we will. You're basically playing, well, apart from Wally, but you're still playing your three central midfielders with this formation. Yep. Yep. But yeah, if, if Wally wasn't playing, you could play Laurent in that role as well. So yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, but in terms of the action, so for those who weren't at the game, first chance came to Sunderland, um, and McGreedy fired, fired over, which is a bit of a theme of the game. Um, him and Grig, I think it's fair to say. He was um, crap. Not in form at the moment. McGreedy was crap, Ollie. I have to say, I, you know, Grig I've recognised from, from the, the other times we played. We played for Wigan, didn't he, the other year when we played them, didn't he? So, um, He's a three million pound striker yeah and McGeady's well known isn't he he's obviously played played at the he's top level he's got 90 caps for Ireland he looked at times like he couldn't be asked in the first half he was playing right in front of us on the family stand he was playing left wing and there was just some times where you thought why has he not made that run or why has he not got around the back of um, you know the, the defenders and stuff and he, he I don't know if I was the manager I wouldn't have been overly pleased with his performance and I think he got a lot of clog off the Sunderland fans as well from, from reading I saw that Twitter second half I was watching yeah. back um, when he, he wasn't um, great. yeah yeah, he got quite a few. I saw a few arms going towards him in terms of action, in terms of not happy with the, with his performance overall. He weren't um, great. No, no. But, 
The defence did well to close him down a lot of the time, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. We got lucky a few times, I think it's fair to say as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We certainly um, did. <laughs> in terms of how we played, again, we were trying the same thing again. Central defenders playing the ball up to Cummings, which didn't really work. Um, and again, yep. quite a bit. Um, and obviously watching this on the video, you, you don't get 100% the same kind of view. And the central defenders were not really collecting the ball off the defenders again. Did you see much of that, Glenn? Uh, not really. Uh, but there was no. more play in midfield, I suppose, when we did yeah. break forward. Um, it Goldborn wasn't quite... was a bit more of an outlet as well, I thought. Yeah, he did. Goldborn did well, actually. I thought Goldborn had a good game. Uh, I thought that when Edwards and, and, and Norburn particularly got on the ball in this game, their passing was pretty good, Ollie. It was it was bringing people into the play. And we were, we were trying to get up a bit further. And... and you know, as much as they had a lot of the ball in that opening period, when we broke, we looked dangerous. And I think it's fair to say that if they had more of the play in the game in the first half, we definitely looked a little bit more like we were going to score. And and so that that's encouraging to me. You know, we we did it without the ball this time and looked more dangerous. But I suppose there's only a certain amount of teams that we're going to be able to do that against this season. Sunderland being one of them, in that you can yeah. expect to only play on the break and and playing Wally on the break is always yeah. pretty decent. And I'll ask you a question, Glenn. Is it fair enough playing on the counter-attack at home against Sunderland? It's completely fair. Yeah, completely fair. You look at our record, we've never beaten them. So, you know, if, and if there's a tactic... And they've got a £3 million striker. We just talked about a £3 million striker. Um, and, yeah, they've got Max well, Power, who obviously did really players. well. And he's a really good player at this level. Maguire, McGreedy, um, Watmore um, was back in the team. He was really one of their better players. Um, but it's funny, actually, just talking to Sunderland quickly, um, their best player was um, Denver Hume, who's a, a left-back um, yeah, from well. Northumberland. I thought he was their best player all game. Yeah, he was pretty good, to be fair. I mean, you know, they'll be disappointed not to have come away with something, let's be brutally honest about it, but you don't take your chances, you're not going to win the yeah, game. But yeah, that left-back was shots. solid. They had 16 shots, but only two on target, the same yep. number as Shrewsbury, and we only had five shots. Yeah, and... and I say it was. It was. I think it's fair. Going back to your original question, is it fair to do that at home? Yes, it's completely fair to do that at home to Sunderland, and um, I think that that tactic can can do that version of it. Sit in deep and play on the break. But I also think playing that tactic, you could impose your game even more on a weaker team, and that's why I think I want to see us stick with it because it can give you both those options. Whereas what we've been playing is always going to be hard to break down, and you're always going to be able to play defensive, but we've just not been able to spring the attacks. So yeah, I think and it's, I think it's, the tactic worked really well for me. Yeah. Did. I obviously we don't know. I haven't, we haven't asked Sam Ricketts. We don't know. But for me, he put Worley. Like, it's one of their um, Sunderland's best um, threats was their right back, and playing Worley against him, who was palming forward. You know that was a you know a good outlet. And when they're playing that number ten space, they're kind of fulfilling an area of space where most teams don't have players. Yeah. So we can maybe create some angles and really kind of threaten teams in there. So yeah, totally right. I'd like to see us play this um, formation a few times. As you say, we've got some tough games coming up with Plymouth and Peterborough. I'm sure it caught Sunderland now, you know, because they must have been expecting us to be deep as hell a lot more than we were in that first half. And play half because, that sitter as well, that pivot yeah, role. because they didn't play a defensive shield, really. And, and that's why the, the Wally and the Edwards kept finding the ball a lot in terms of our breaking forward. And I think that was, a, a, you know, let's give Ricketts a bit of credit, that, that, that tactical change there was probably one of the reasons we got some more of the chances we got in the first half and obviously led to the goal as well. But I think it was a bit naive from Sunderland not to lock it down a little bit early. They kept pouring forward and trying to get people forward and they were leaving them open on the break and even in the second half a couple of times they, they were paying a little bit too risky but you know they must have just thought we've got the firepower we've got the players to be able to knock this little team off it won't be a problem and, and they, they ran the risk of, of what happened in the first half happening again a couple of times so yeah. that, that was an interesting tactical matchup for me they were a bit naive I thought but that's the thing they did. They didn't get a very good result away at Lincoln as well. Nope. Um, and I think that's the pressure that they have. Is you know they play quite a 
I would from you know quite a simplistic four four two, but I guess they sense that they're going to have a lot of possession, which they do, which means yep. the fullbacks can yep. bomb on, which turns it into a bit of a almost like a four four two in terms of other way around. There were two central defenders with their football, their fullbacks really do push on, don't they? They do. Um, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. interesting. But um, talking of something that was enjoyable, um, so really good pressure from Town, really nice dribble from Laurent, and this is what we wanted to see from Laurent more often. Um, he does an absolutely superb dribble gets into the box really really nice cut back on his left foot um, and a really tidy strike from Cummings great um, and town fans go mad and yeah it must have gone mad in the in the family stand as well yeah, it was kids going everywhere yeah it was it was great in the family stand actually there was a real good atmosphere in there on Saturday because it was almost full but we were obviously near the safe standing and the drum was banging all the way through and the kids were getting involved in that and when the goal went in there was a real good noise in the meadow you know that, that weeks of frustration of games at home kind of came to the fore then and I think there was just like this sort of you know, there was a belief in the players, obviously, but I think it fed on the atmosphere from the fans on Saturday, Ollie. I really do. As soon as we got that goal, town fans were resolute. We're going to get something out of this game. You know, let's stand firm. Let's battle for our team. Let's show the DNA that we want as part of our football club, which is being resilient, hard to beat, and working hard. And from the moment we got that goal, Christ, they worked hard, Ollie. You know, Cummins ran himself into the ground. Edwards ran himself into the ground. You know, there's several players that could have come off at the subs when we get to that because they were just so tired because they really didn't stop running and they wanted to put their bodies on the line. And I think that goal encapsulated what we what we are as a football club. We might not score the most amount of goals, but when we get something, we've got something to hold on to. We, we really do try our hardest to hold on to it. And I think it was good. It was one of those times when the fans and the players came together, I thought. Yeah, no, that's that that's almost works perfectly into kind of the next kind of main action of the game where yeah. their left back had got into the box, but we just crowded him out. Yeah. So that's and that's not that that's not because of um, you know the left back did something wrong. That's because Shrewsbury Town worked really really hard, crowded yeah. him out, and he had, he tried to cross, but it, it just went to the keeper. And because he had no options, because we we managed to get back into the box and, and defend re- resolutely. So yeah, that was um, really really good from Town. What wasn't so good was that Norburn got booked talking to the ref. Did you <laughs> no, notice I saw that? that? Yeah, yeah, I did see him get booked. I, I assumed it was just him trapping off, but it's not the first, and it won't be the last time he gets booked for doing that, is it, Ollie? No, it won't. It won't. So yes, yeah, but he's he's definitely matured and this season. You know, he potentially would have got. He, he didn't really get close to getting booked again, and obviously playing nope. central field nope. uh, when you only have thirty eight percent possession, that's going to be a challenge. So fair play to him for there. Um, I think really part from that to really say is um, there's two moments. So Cummings had a decent free kick and forced a save from the keeper, that was um, good and then it, yeah. ta- then Sunderland cut town apart and hit the post. Um, yeah, a, a few millimetres to the right and that ball would have gone in the back of the net. Yeah, we put a bit of pressure on the shot, which I thought was good. But yeah, they, they should have scored that one, to be honest with you. And that was not far before half-time, if I remember rightly. And, and I thought, oh, that's fine. We'll just keep them out to half-time now. And again, you've just got 45 minutes to see it out then. So it was a good time for them to miss for us, to be honest with you. If we'd have gone 1-1 one, one at half-time, you would, have, you would have probably been a bit you know worried about what the second half would bring. But um, yeah, we, we came into half-time. Still something to, to hold on to. Real hearty cheers at half-time, Ollie. And um, yeah, everyone was was bang up for it. The whole the whole crowd was bang up for it. It was great. Cool, cool. Yeah, there's a few cheeky chants I could hear throughout the um, the game describing Sunderland <laughs> as not particularly good, which is um, which is quite funny. Yeah, I'm glad glad my children couldn't hear that all the way in the family stand. <laughs> so that was fine. <laughs> yeah, we were too far away from that. I thought I have to say again, you know, let's give the South Stand some credit again. They really stuck stuck with the players and the drum again got all that family stand and the the South Stand going through through a lot of the game, especially when we were under pressure. Um, you know, really roaring them on. But I have to also say, even from where I was, I could hear the chants from Block 19. They were actually really loud, and Block 19 was properly full. There was people standing in the in the concourse bit again, in between the sets of seats. So 
it was one of those ones where I thought the two sets of chanters actually worked really well in the ground and you need to have it full for that to work. But when it does, it's good. I think it, it does work really well. Yeah. And uh, I nearly said a common enemy, but it's not an enemy, is it? But no, yeah, you no. know, playing against a big team is always going to bring the best out of two exactly. fans. Yeah, exactly. um, and I think it's fair to say we start the second half pretty well. Um, there was a big, big run from Lauren, um, but again, no end product, unfortunately. Um, and then, yeah, there was a bit of time possession. Um, Wally drives forward, um, tries a through ball to Cummings, but the defender has to make that crucial clearance. And yeah, like you know, we don't want to be too critical, but this is just again a theme that we keep talking about all season. You know, Wally, Laurent, um, whoever it may be, just not quite making the right pass um, in in that final third. It was the right pass, but it was over it slightly. That was the problem, and Cummins just couldn't quite get onto it. If them two clicked, it'd be pretty flipping tasty, I tell you, because Cummins worked so hard again on Saturday, and um, yeah. yeah, he really looked up for it. Cummins, it was really, he was, he was closing down defenders when they had the ball. Do you know what I mean? Which you know we weren't seeing at the start of the season yeah. by anyone, let alone Steve Morrison. So um, I thought he played really well, and um, yeah, those two were, were on the same wavelength at times, and it just broke down, you know, by maybe two foot of a wrong pass sort of thing. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think I'm encouraged with seeing those two play together. Yeah, encouraging. Is, is definitely a word I'd use. Um, players are starting to build a relationship together. Um, and there was one bit where, um, you know, there's not many, there's Wally can do it, but there's not really, and Giles can do it at times as well. But there was one bit in the first half where Cummings got the ball and just ran past the fullback. Yeah, yeah. Um, and having that, you know, having a striker who's got that kind of pace um, is something that we haven't had for quite a while. So for me, that was really encouraging as well. And, and it's right to say that, you know, you said we started well. We definitely had uh, the best period of the second half in the first 10 minutes. We, yeah. we still were playing without that fear of, of conceding. We weren't getting as deep as we got. But I think from that first 10 minute period, we, we then went, went started to get very deep and think, yeah. right, 55, 60 minutes, half an hour here, let's knuckle down, let's get our experienced players picking up the right positions. And we didn't have too many other chances going forward than that. I think we had a couple, which we'll come to. But yeah, I think that it's, it's fair to say Sunderland didn't really do too much in that first no, 10 minutes. And, yeah, and- they were really poor. Yeah, um, they're really, really poor, and they it almost is like um, Pierre kind of sprung him into life. So he won oh, the ball. Oh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> um, like, then their then their striker kind of fell over Pierre and was claiming he got fouled. No, never. Pathetic. Um, but then Pierre just gave the ball away, forcing a really good save from from O'Leary, um, who again has made it a really good save. And maybe it's just worth talking about O'Leary here. I've seen on Twitter that some town fans were contacting Radio Shropshire saying that he's not a very good goalkeeper. And when putting and criticizing him, which Crazy. I find really bizarre, he's like a fantastic goalkeeper, and you know he's easily a championship level goalkeeper. So I think we're quite lucky to have him. I I'm not sure what these guys are going on. Do they even go I, to the games? I don't know. I don't think he's playing much worse than Dean Henderson was for us, and he's gone on to play for England. I think he's an incredibly accomplished goalkeeper for his age. Um, obviously, Dean Henderson's going to go on and have a great career, but I, I would be surprised if Max O'Leary doesn't get picked up by someone somewhere down the line. His shot stopping's really good when he gets a chance. His aerial ability's fantastic. His kicking is now rock solid. He rarely kicks it straight out of play. You can't really find that many faults no. in his game for me, so I have no idea who the hell is phone up Radio Shropshire. Kicking, but like, if, if he had... You know, I don't um, even a big think lump up front. Yeah, I, well, I think if he had a big lump up front to target, then maybe he'd have a bit more options. But I think yeah. kicking it long, anyone, you know, we've seen, we've criticised central defenders for kicking it long. It's because there's no target there. We don't have that target, man. So, the, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a bit the odd. only thing I've seen Tam fans moan about Max Elias is they wish he'd bowl it out a little bit quicker. But I'm, I'm almost sure he's been told by Ricketts not to do that because it's risky. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, there's but been yeah, a few games. Yeah, if he did it and he made a mistake and then exactly. conceded. Exactly, yeah. So I think he just does what he's told, which is what his manager wants him to do. I, and he doesn't I get he's... slapped either. He's, I no. love it when all the players are screaming at him and he's just so calm. It's like he just washes over he's, him. He's, we were lucky to have him, to be honest with you. If we'd have, you know, imagine starting this season with Murphy in goal, if we'd have ended up doing that, I'm sure he's a reasonably good goalkeeper, but I don't think he's anywhere near Max's his ability now. He's obviously old and, and, and had a good career, but, you know, we're, we're lucky to have Max and fingers crossed he doesn't get injured. But yeah, it, obviously we'll come to him because he made some insane incredible saves going forward yeah he did and I think it's fair to say that um, Sunderland you know did create quite a lot of chances yep. um, for the rest of the game and um, there was a ball across the box um, which, which was nothing doing Mick Greg missed, missed it again he was and poor then there was again. a really yeah. good cross and McGreedy couldn't get his shot away and then <laughs> later on in the half Greg turns and fires over he's definitely a player looks like he's out of form and then there was another time when they um, put over their right back put a cross in and McGeady was at the back post Love kind of wasn't quite aware where he was and he fired over and that, that, that's four chances we've just talking about there yep. Um, yep. where they where they created really good clear opportunities and just couldn't score but they, we're talking about four brilliant, brilliant chances oh, and some of them some of them were quite far out but that's four chances in what was probably the half an hour four chances in the box they're the yes. four in the box yep. I picked out yep. no that's fine and they had other chances where they shot wide and stuff from outside the box but it, in terms of four the four chances you picked up there probably their best four chances that was only you know four chances in that half an hour period where they were completely dominating the game and so you know every attack you know every minute they were attacking a sort of thing it was a little bit back to the wall for period so to only cough up four chances um, which we, we obviously pressured strikers when they were trying to take their shots or Max made himself big and you know I think one of them was a save I think that you know, I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like the defense weren't good because they coughed no, up four half no, totally. chances because they were f- brilliant, Ollie. Honestly, yeah. no, they really I was so were. impressed with them. Yeah, we defended really well, particularly the first half. We really limited the chances from long distance, yep. and it just shows you know how well the defense played and how well the whole team played because Edwards was doing really well. Goldborn had a really good game yeah, um, as well. Um, the fed back three were superb, and we've already mentioned how good Max was. Um, you know, they had 15 shots, but only two on target. And that was because of how well we defended and how resolute we are and what a good unit we are defensively. Yeah, and one of those late shots, which was technically on target, I suppose, was the one where Max Power had a shot that O'Leary yeah. saved. That was a brilliant... Really you know, good save. <laughs> flip him. I, I think I tweeted out at the time, Max O'Leary, what have you just done? Because it felt like the save that won us the game. Do you know what I mean? It was that important. It was late on. It was a, a glorious chance. And you, you kind of thought, oh, that'll be it. That'll be Sunderland and the, the life will drain out of them a little bit. And I think maybe it did a little bit after that. They, I don't remember them threatening us really in the injury time period. I think we played that out quite well. Yeah, um, and on all along, all along, we still had chances to break. As you say, we, we were just missing those final passes, really. But we were definitely transitioning into attacking play a bit better. But I would say the reason I think that the last 15 minutes particularly were really hard watch was that town players were just getting fatigued, Ollie, because they'd run their asses off back and forward. You know, love in the last 15 minutes. I, I absolutely loved watching him. He was like a man possessed, Ollie. Obviously, he'd been slagged off by the Sunderland fans when he left them. They all told us he was crap. He'd, he'd never be any good for us. And he's been brilliant, you know, up until this game. He's been a really solid League One player for us and, and been man of the match in a few of them. But that last 15 minutes, he you've never seen a man look like he had more to prove than, than Donald Love. He was running around like a man possessed. And I just thought he epitomised to me that desire and that creditable defending for, for the whole team, really. I thought he was really good in that last 15 minutes. But the rest of them, Edwards had gone off. I think I think Cummins went off because he was knackered. I think we had another late on sub. Was it Lauren? I can't remember. But all, everyone that went off had run themselves into the ground. And, and, and the fresh legs that came on did unsettle us a little bit in the last 15. Plus the guys that hadn't been subbed off were also starting to get fatigued. So... That's my reading at the last 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, I think that's, that's definitely fair. Um, and yeah, um, game ended. And yeah, what Woo-hoo! was the kind of reaction at full time? 
Brilliant. Oh, it was really loud. It was a really good, hearty cheer. I, I was trying to figure out, and it, this is a difficult decision, like to, to figure out, in the league, we've obviously played Wigan in the last few years, Bolton, we played Sheffield United, um, we played Charlton, right? Or, who, are, who are traditionally teams that have been in the Premiership or bigger teams, right? But to me, of all those teams, Sunderland are the, are the biggest team. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're a bigger club. They're, they've had a, probably a, a better time of it in recent periods. To, to me, I'd, I'd say they're the biggest of all those teams. So, if that was our best win, when's it our best win since? And I think I'm starting to think, the more I think about it, in terms of a league performances, you might have to go back to the championship days to think of a, a better league win in terms of stature. Um, so I'm going to have to do some research on this on Monday, Ollie, but you'd have to go back a while to think about a better league win than that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess the one that only really come close is Wigan at home. Obviously, yeah, they've been in the Premier yeah, League. Exactly. But yep. yeah, they don't have a 50,000-seat stadium. Um, and, a, and they're traditionally a, of, a small club, weren't they, until yeah. Dave Whelan took over? Yeah, and yeah, no, I think that's I think that's an interesting interesting yeah. question. We'll come up with an answer for that, Ollie. But it was great, and 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 I think it was that feeling at the end of it was a proper Shrewsbury Town win. You know, the sort of thing you would have seen us do to big teams down the game meadow. You know, stifle, frustrate, get ahead. You know, just some of the stuff a lot of us have been brought up on, really. So, and and the crowd the crowd went with it, and Ricketts got well, everyone got a, a huge send off, which was totally deserved. Um, and, and a few chants for some of the players as they were going off, and not a single boo. Now, if I'd have thought about where the boos would have been this week Ollie <laughs> it definitely wouldn't have been the, the the Gillingham game I thought we might have you know lost 3-0 Sunderland but it does show this team has got a bit of something about it when they've got something to defend and, and there's a bit of pride on the line and we need to see it more often don't we yeah I think in terms of progression and development our defensive side is definitely ahead of our attacking yeah. side uh, but you have to give you know the management and the staff and the players credit where credit's due and yep. this is a really really good result as you say you know a historic result um, and yeah, we was definitely much to be proud of. And yeah, everyone was buzzing. You could tell on social media, everyone was really chuffed. And yeah, fantastic result and fair play to the team. Because yeah, this is a game that I'm sure a lot of people um, celebrated in the evening. And even sweeter because of all that nonsense last season with them lying about our boardroom and us forcing them to have to issue an apology in their programme at the end of the season, Ollie. You yeah. know, the way they kind of I'm dragged our club through the I'm still waiting for that fanzine or whatever they're <laughs> The called. fanzine are never going to apologise. love we... Supreme to apologise. Yeah. I keep asking him, but um, he hasn't <laughs> responded yet. But for me, I'm glad we've given them a bloody nose after what happened last season. I think there's a nice bit of schadenfreude. Is that the right word? I don't know. But it's 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 kind of, um, I don't know, come back to bite them on the so there we go let's get to our top threes Ollie um, for me I just described Love and how much I enjoyed watching him in the game and particularly the last 15 minutes so I thought for the story of it for the for the turnaround from where he was with them to the way he played in the game he was really good Ollie um, I gave him my man of the match to be honest with you and then I went for Max O'Leary second as we've just discussed he is a great goalkeeper and for, for third I was tough I, I almost went for Goldborn but I, I went for Beckles again I think he's come under a lot of criticism across some of the points of this season but really he's had a bloody good week by Beckles playing in both of these defensive performances considering he's the one that everyone thinks is the weak link so I went for Beckles but it could have been a number of people in third to be honest with you yeah I went for um, I went for O'Leary first just because of the sheer number of saves um, and then second and third I went for um, I don't know I thought they had good performances so that's why I picked them I went for Edwards they did, yeah. Um, yeah. because I thought his he was really really put a real big shift in um, he and he was really good and, and I think there's, there's a couple of moments where he gets the ball and he just passes really quickly really yes. accurately and that just helps build momentum um, and on the opposite side to that in terms of defensively um, Goldborn was so good um, he won loads of tackles 
But it's not only that, he puts himself in the right position. So when, when the opposite, there was a couple of moments where Sunderland were trying to attack, um, he puts himself in a really good kind of angle and position on the pitch. That means that they can't make an attack and it went out for a throw-in. So, you know, sometimes there was times where he won good tackles, but I thought considering a player hasn't played, you know, all season, to come into the team and look like he's been there all season, I thought it was fantastic for him and um, yeah, I, I thought he had it's a great. really, really good performance. And for me, yeah, kind of how you chose love number one. I went for Goldberg just for kind of the story of coming into the team. I think it's good. I would normally have picked him for that sort of thing as well, to be honest with you. And I think Edwards is bang on. That was his best game for us since he came back, I think. He was disciplined and hardworking and showed a little bit of class when he needed to. So um, I, I hope he gets one in the team. Everyone likes Dave and they want to see him do well. So he's, he's starting he to get there to now, get isn't he? He goal, not he? He does, yeah. We we got the one in the checker trade, didn't he? Um, but we would like to see him get a league one, wouldn't we? So that was it. And obviously Ricketts was, was delighted. I say delighted because his comments were obviously I'm delighted. <laughs> obviously so what did I'm delighted. He, say, Glenn? he said obviously I'm it. delighted. Yeah, obviously delighted with the win. Um, really pleased with that. Um, it was a different game to Tuesday night. Completely different. You're telling me, mate. Um, and then he said I moved Josh Laurent into a slightly different position, but I wanted him to be driving with the ball, and he did just that really well. We're trying to be a little bit different and a little bit imaginative to give us a few more scoring options. So I think that kind of backs up what we said about having those four midfielders. Maybe it gives you more options to to work out how to break teams down and and actually get some of the slightly different midfielders on there instead of just Norburn, Goss and Laurent which can sometimes be a little bit samey I suppose so I think that's a fair comment Um, he said I asked the players for three things before the game one was character and that has to be given the character side of it the intensity in our game and desire as well for all of those I thought they ticked every single box so I think again I've got across to you on the day how I think that's fair I think the desire and the uh, and, and the character was there in spades, to be honest with you. Um, you talked about Goldborn in your top three. He said, it's a testament to him. He was physically able to step in and play 90 minutes for someone who hasn't played in a, who's only played in a few cup games this season. Um, he's used all his experience there. Kept us up, up with the speed of the game. I thought his use of the ball was very good and his experience of handling the game situation was also good. Um, and he then commented on Dave Edwards coming in for similar reasons, how he'd not played um, for the first time in a while and said that him and Dave and, and, and also Sean Wally, who's not played much this season at times, he was really impressed with all the three of those lads coming in. When someone asked him about the first win versus Sunderland, he said, nice, I didn't know about it. I'm more interested in three points. So very matter of fact there, Ollie. And um, he talked about injuries to Ado and Giles. Um, and it, sadly, he said they're both knee injuries, which is never good, is it? Um, with Ado, he talked about weeks. But with Giles, he was a bit more evasive, I thought. He talked about days, then he said weeks. And then he said, oh, well, it might be a little bit longer. So um, I don't know. We have to keep an eye on Giles. It might not be as good as we think. But um, that was it. He was he was buzzing. Everyone was buzzing. And we, we went away with a win, Ollie. Interesting you say about Giles. Um, he was spotted in block three with a metal brace on. What? On his knee. Oh, shit. Yeah, so oh, no. um, yeah, we're interested to see what happens there. Um, yeah, that was, um, I, that was um, yeah, BBC oh. Shropshire mentioned that. Um, that oh, he great. Was spotted there. So, yeah, it could be weeks that he's out for, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, but we'll come to a few other injuries um, when we go through Salop News. Okay, yeah, we'll move on to Salop News now then. Away eventually. Off it goes to Holt. He does really well. This is Humphrey! It's 2-0 Shrewsbury Town! So stand-up news this week is a bit more like a hospital emissions ward, Ollie. It's a lot, <laughs> a lot of injuries to discuss. But um, yeah, we'll go through them one by one. So Vince Lott's injury. Um, he's had a surgery similar to Andy Murray. He's had his hip resurfaced, hasn't he? Which went well for Andy Murray because I saw he won his first ATP he's tournament. He's going to go into it. He hasn't had surgery oh, yet. Oh, he hasn't had it yet. Okay, fine. He's, he's having a similar thing. So um, yeah, so he's going to be out for a very long time, Ollie. We're not going to see Vince Lott. Well, he might be about this again. season. Willie, okay. We'll <laughs> you, see. We'll you, see. I think you, we will. I think we might do. 
He's, he's, he's out of contract. Saying, yeah, but I, I, I think I think we'll see him for the end of the season. I think he'll at least come on the pitch for the end of the season. I'll say it now. I don't think Vince Lott will play for the football club again. I wish him well and I hope he gets better. But um, I suspect we will have moved beyond Romain Vince Lott by the time we come to near the end of the season when he's fit. And if he's not going to be, you know, probably signing another contract at his age, I doubt Ricketts is going to play him too much. But it's unfortunate what's happened to him, and it does sound like a nasty injury. But he clearly wants to play again, and if he can get back fit and he can he can get playing for maybe another club next year potentially, I think that's good. I think I'd like to see that for him. So. It's a shame, but he's going to be sitting out for a while. Um, talking to someone that's been sitting out for a while, um, Ryan Sears is back in light training ahead of schedule. It's crazy, yeah. I can't believe he's back in light training Mental. already. Yeah. That's fantastic. And it's good, it's good from the, the old uh, medical department to have gotten back so quick, which is yeah. fantastic. And it's good, so obviously, you, talk- you were mentioning in the podcast about cover for love. Um, so we that need would to. be great to have yeah. him in the squad. And also cover in central defence as well, because he, he could play in the Williams role as well. He can. It'll be great. I want to see him back. And he's one of our young lads and we always wish the best for them. So that's good. Giles, as you mentioned, metal knee brace. So potentially out for a while. And, and Ado, um has injured his knee, but might not be quite as long. But we're probably not going to see either of them for at least the next three or four weeks, are we, in terms of getting back to their best. So that's fine. In terms of in terms of where we are now, it's the 27th of October, Ollie. I mean, it's not been that bad October when you no. look at it on face value now. No, it's been good. So um, we had a 1-0 away um, win um, at Tranmere. Um, yep. We beat Newcastle's under 20, 21s in the in the EFL trophy. Um, Lincoln, looking at that now, you know, those chances, are, we've just been a bit better going forward against 10 men. You know, we could have got something there, but we got a point while on the road, not too bad. Um, mm-hmm. Drawing at home to Gillingham, as we've mentioned enough. That was the poor um, was really result poor. this month, yeah. And then this fantastic win at home to Sunderland. So, yeah, you know, we haven't lost a game um, this month. Um, and we've picked up quite a few points. Not a lot of goals, um, but, you know, but it's progress. We've conceded one goal in the whole of October in all competitions. That's mental, isn't it, to be fair? So, yeah, God, the, really the defence... A defender, better win player of the month. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Or the goalkeeper. Um, yeah, or the goalkeeper, yeah, there we go. Uh, we'll, we'll move on quickly now to predictions, Ollie. Obviously, none of us thought we were going to beat Sunderland, so we all got it wrong last week. But yeah, we're away at Wickham next week, which is it, it's just good and bad for some reasons. I've got us an away supporters game in the morning against um, Watford before we play uh, Wickham in the afternoon because we wanted a game down London Way, sort of not too far from Wickham. Do you know what's going to happen? Bloody World Cup final on Saturday morning, isn't it? Of the World Cup rugby, and I'm not really bothered about rugby. I couldn't care less about it. But a lot of the lads want to watch it. So the away yeah, sports are going to have to get. That. Yeah, I'm you glad want, we're not playing Wales. Really <laughs> exactly. Not playing Wales. The away sports are going to have to get up at like six, five, six in the morning. Drive to Watford, where we're going to meet the Watford team we're playing after that in a cricket club. We're going to watch the World Cup uh, final in the cricket club with, with a few beers pro in, obviously, early morning. Then as soon as that's finished, we're going to traipse out and go and play against Watford's fans in the morning <laughs> football. Uh, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully everyone hasn't drank too many. And then we're going to get in the car quickly and drive straight to uh, to Wickham. So it's going to be a mental day next week. Sounds so like I'm you hoping... just cancel the game, mate, and watch yeah. it in the pub. <laughs> nah, you've got to get it done. Um, but I'm hoping then, after all of that, that should we go and win. And... We lost three two there last year, didn't we? Oh, so that was a weird game. Yeah, what can it be? Jacobson, yeah, yeah, Jacobson scored from a um, and a lab. Yeah, yeah, we did. Ugh, God, so but they're doing really well this season, aren't they? They're like basically second, I think, at the moment. So it's going to be a tough game. Uh, from the positivity of Sunderland, I'm going to go for us to draw one one. I was thinking one all as well. Yeah. It's a yeah. good show. Yeah, Let's I think a draw, that, a draw, not many goals, not many conceded, not not scoring many. Yeah, one or draw. Wickham are still doing really well. Um, they are, they're doing well. They are doing very well. You know, they're very, very healthily possession position. Um, 30 points after 15 games. Jeez. Um, yeah, so yeah, they beat Rotherham 1-0 away last week. Um, before that, they drew one all with Blackpool and then they um, beat Sunderland 1-0. Uh, so yeah, they're they're doing really well mm. at the moment, um, and obviously they've had this takeover um, by an American lawyer. So 
Yeah, right. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Fingers crossed we can get something. Um, but yeah, we've both gone for a draw. Cool. Are you going down, Ollie? No, I'm so I'll be driving okay. back from Yorkshire, so I won't be oh, able to make I shall, it. I shall endeavour to find a, a fellow Shrewsbury Town fan there on the day to come on the podcast next yep. week and, and, and get him around my house. But um, yeah, if anyone's interested, drop us a line on the Salopcast or, account. Or um, if you want to join us on in our virtual studio as well. Yeah, Skype, Skype worked quite well last week, didn't it, in terms of getting Phil on. So we're, we're more than happy to do that with an exiles that don't live in Shrewsbury and want to come on the podcast. Again, best thing to do is just contact us on the on the on the Twitter account, account isn't it, Ollie? That's the best way to put your name forward yeah, to come on. Definitely, yeah, do that. So yeah, if you want to want to join us on the Saddlecasters, let us know. Um, if not, yeah, we'll, me and you will definitely here next Sunday. Um, hopefully, talking about um, a positive result away at Wickham. Yeah, starting to look at the playoffs. Fingers crossed. Eh? <laughs> anyway, we'll catch you all next week. Have a good week, and we'll see you on Wickham. Cheers, guys. <laughs>